Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. Come on, if you want more of Jesus, give God some praise. Amen. What a song, what a prayer. He will answer it every time we pray. Amen. Well, go ahead and wave at three people before you take a seat. Three people, come on. Make this a welcoming, welcoming environment. Thank you so much for being here at church. Anybody excited to be at church today? I know I am. My name is JJ, and alongside my wife, Liz, we have the honor of serving Journey Church as its pastors today. And if you did not know that, I'm in the dark, but we'll fix it. If you did not know that, then that means you are a first-time guest, and we are so glad that you chose to be with us today. Journey Church, I know we did this once before, but will you help me make all of our guests feel welcome at church today? Put our hands together. Come on. Yeah. Hey, if you, it's your first time that we value you. We're so appreciative for you. Uh, this is going to be a great Sunday. You found some great people. If you're looking for a home church, we think you found it. Journey Church, will you keep it going for Journey Church Online right now? Come on, watch it online. What's up, JCO? Journey Church Online, we're so glad that you could make that up right now. So glad that you're, let's not make it a thing. It's not a good one. Um, so glad that you're here with us. We know that you can't be with us uh, in the room today for health reasons, and we can't wait for it to be a different uh, environment so that you can join us because Jesus is in the room today. I'm sure he's in your living room as well. Some of you can't join us for geographical reasons. Since Journey Church Online launched in 2020, we have members of our church in multiple states all over the country, and we're just so glad that we get to worship together in the house of God. Well, I am excited for today because if you are here for the first time or watching online for the first time or if you got dragged here by a beautiful boy or girl, <laughs> it was intentional. Yes, it was. Because today we kick off a brand new sermon series called Fairy Tales. And it is a four-week sermon series, a collection of talks on love, sex, and marriage. And before we get into the message, I want to give you some resources. This right here are three books. Uh, Relationship Goals by Michael Todd, The Five Love Languages by Dr. Gary Chapman, Marriage on the Rock by Jimmy Evans. Um, We bought these books for you already, and they are $40. We make no money off of them. We just went on Amazon, ordered them in advance, and we just charged you what Amazon charged us. They are for sale at the Blue Tent. If you want to take the studies and the things that we're learning here today to the next level, if if you love reading, this is for you. You need to get on this. If you don't love reading, well, I guess that's why I'm preaching, so you can get the movie version. Um, But uh, this will bless your life. This is called The Bundle of Love what we called it. And so if you go out there asking for the bundle of love, people will know. People will know what you mean. Pastor Joey was walking by me today, and I was like, Pastor Joey, I need the bundle of love. I need a bundle of love. And then there was somebody who had never been to love, sex, and marriages before, and they were like, I need context. I need context. Like, it's just some resources we're giving away. Um, We only have 40 left. We had 40 left at the beginning of the first service. I don't know how many we have left now, but definitely less than 40. And so if you want to grab them, they're great for you, great for a partner, and uh, I think they would bless your life. Well, I'm getting ready. I'm ready to preach. Are you ready to receive? Who is this sermon series for? Somebody said me. 
Yes. It's for you, whoever you are. It's for you. If you're single, it's for you. If you're single and ready to mingle, it's for you. If you're single and not ready to mingle, it's for you. If you're dating, it's for you. If you're married, it's for you. If you're engaged, it's for you. If you're divorced, it's for you. If you're getting divorced, it's for you. And if it's complicated, this is really for you. This is really for you. If you're a man, it's for you. If you're a woman, it's for you. And uh, really, it doesn't even matter what age you are. JYE, this is for you. For those who have been married uh, 20 years, uh, this is for you. Because here's what I've learned about relationship problems. It doesn't matter how old you are. We all have them. And we don't just all have them. We've all had them. How many people know relationship problems are young? Real young. That's why I'm going to start off this series like I started off every year with love letters from kids. Love letters from kids. Except, except this year, because my focus is to talk about the relationship problems we face, this year I put a little twist on it. I'm not going to show you love letters from kids. I'm going to show you breakup letters from kids. And some of these kids, y'all, they can be mean. Here's breakup letter number one. Alexander, I'm sorry, but I don't want a boyfriend anymore. I want to break up. And no, I don't want to be with any of your friends, <laughs> said Jenny. Matter of fact, your friends are the reason we broke up, okay? Next one. Dear Keenan, I'm sorry we have to break up. You always tried to make me laugh, but you're just making yourself look bad. <laughs> We're over for real. Love, scratch love. Stevie got her whole breakup game on another level. She could have just wrote from. She was like, I just want you to know. I don't just not love you. I scratch love you. Scratch love from Stevie. That's messed up. Stevie. Next one. Brock, why do you not talk to me? We have relationship problems. I don't want to get a divorce, but we might have to. I am so sorry, heart page. If you're keeping score, that is three girls breaking up with three guys. If you're keeping score, all for all you ladies who think you went through heartbreak alone in elementary school, no, no, no. I'm looking at you, Sarah. Um, anyway, uh, anyway, um, this is Liz, my wife in the front. I'm just playing. Uh, next one. Next one. Sean, I'm breaking up with you. You have not talked to me since the day you asked me out, and that was three months ago. You need to get it together, or you will never get married, and that would be sad. You should get married, just not to me. For, for, hey, for all of you ladies who think that communication gets easier for guys as they get older, I got bad news. Jerry, we've been married for three months. You have not talked to me. I know. This is, this is a problem men have. Next letter. <laughs> From Delandrin to Crystal. I'm breaking up with you. P.S. Happy anniversary, though. One month. <laughs> hey, it's really hard for me to do this. So it's like, 
I don't know, like, it's bad news, but also, you know, celebrated. Like, we made it, but we didn't make it at the same time. Like, we made it and didn't make it. So, celebrate that. <laughs> it's amazing to me how even as children, we are fascinated with the idea of love. The cynical explanation would be to point to the Cinderella's, the Shrek's, the Snow White's of the world. But I believe that the biblical explanation for our fascination is that we are made in the image of God. And according to 1 John chapter 4, verse 8, God is love. So another way to say this could be that if you are a human being, love is in your blueprint. Love is in your DNA. In fact, there are not many things that we can agree upon in this world, that two humans will agree upon in this world. Is God real? Is God not real? Different opinions. Republican or Democrat, different opinions. Is MJ the GOAT or is LeBron the GOAT? Different opinions. Don't, don't, let's not get started. <laughs> but all humans can agree that love is special. The problem with fairy tales then is not that it makes love the center of the story because love is worth it and love is real. The problem with fairy tales is that fairy tales create unrealistic expectations of how love is made and maintained. And if you were to ask pastors and counselors what the number one issue in relationships are, it would be unreal expectations. Because disappointment, if you're taking notes, I don't have a slide for this, but you can start writing it down. Disappointment is the gap between your expectation and reality. The other day, Liz and I were on a date night, and we waited 45 minutes to ride the Hulk at Islands of Adventure, and we loved it because that ride is usually an hour and a half. We were like, yes, awesome. The next date night, we waited one minute for our movie on Netflix to buffer, and we about broke the remote. <laughs> waiting wasn't the problem. I was waiting longer for the roller coaster than I was for the movie. The problem was my expectation of the length of time that I would wait. Similarly, love is not the problem. The problem is our expectations with what love is is. And so I'm going to need your help today because no matter what I preach, if you come into this sermon with expectations, it's going to be hard to receive. I'm going to need everyone in the church to be willing to hit the reset button on their expectations and let the one who invented love be the one to reset those expectations in your life. You got to be willing to reset them. But the problem is many of us don't go to God to get our expectations from love. Many of us, for many people, God is the last stop on the expectation express. There's usually three other stops before we get to them. The first stop on the expectation express is rom-coms. Make some noise if you like rom-coms. I'm making this face. That was a lot of estrogen. Hey, but there's a dude in here who's like, I love rom-coms. <laughs> he loves rom-coms. I love them too. They're great. But we got to be careful with the expectations they set in our life. You know that I was in ministry full-time for two years before I met Liz, and I was saving money. I had no idea what I was saving money for. thought I was saving money for a house, maybe a new car. When I met Liz, I found out. I was saving money to pay for our first two dates. My goodness. Do you remember our first date? First, we went to uh, the aquarium. Then after aquarium, we went to the video game place. Then we went to the movies. 
I got it out of order, but I know I did all these things. And then we went to one of the most expensive restaurants in Ybor City, which that was when I knew she was the one, because there was like $3 things on the menu and $30 things on the menu, and she picked the $11 thing on the menu. I'll never forget, it was eggplant parmesan. When she picked eggplant parmesan, I was like, you're the one? <laughs> Guys, that's how you want your girls. You don't want them so bougie that they're on the $40, di- $40 side, but you don't want them like thinking that they're not, you know, that they're trash, they got low self-esteem, so they're ordering the three thing. You want to find a woman who's like, I, I deserve the middle of this menu. <laughs> I deserve it. I deserve it. I knew it. Then our second date, we went to the Salvador Dali Museum. We went to Bush Gardens. If you wonder if I had passes, I did not. I paid full admission for one day with her at Bush Gardens. By the time she said yes to a third day, I said, listen, I just need you to know I am out of money. Where did all my expectations from dating come from? Hitch. The Will Smith, Eva Mendes, the dude from King of Queens, Kevin, what's his name? Rom-com, yeah, him. Rom-com thriller. The dude took her on like a jet ski ride to like Ellis Island where like the guy knew his name. I was going to the burger shop like, pretend you know me when I walk in here. I come into the... That set the expectation for what a date should be for me. And I lost all my money. That's the first stop, rom-coms. The second stop... The sec- it was a good investment. The second stop... On the Expectation Express is usually music, love songs. They will set some unrealistic expectations on love and sex. Like, Lionel Richie, I love you, but all night long? (laughs) All night long? Have you even had sex? It's exhausting. All night long? Or I'm coming for you with this one because it's one of my favorite, and it's going to hurt you as much as it hurt me to put this in the sermon, but we got to talk about it. And if you know it, I need you to sing it with me, okay? But we got to talk about it. One, you're like a dream come true, two. Just want to be with you, three. Girl, it's plain to see that. Four, repeat steps. Five, make you fall in love with me. And if ever I believe my work is done, then we'll start it back at one. Sounds good, right? But what did we just sing? (laughs) These are the steps, please. (laughs) These are the steps to love. And step one is, you're like a dream come true. (laughs) Step two is, just want to be with you. (laughs) Step three is, you're the only one for me. If you've noticed, we haven't taken any steps yet. (laughs) Like, we have not done anything yet. Worse, step four is do it all over again. (laughs) Step five is the only tangible step, but there's really no instructions to make you fall in love with me. Here's the expectation that you don't need to do anything to make love work because love is an emotion. Love is a feeling. 
So if you're the dream to me, if you're the one for me, then that's all I need, one, two, three. But what happens when she's no longer a dream to you? What happens when you're no longer feeling the relationship? And the third stop on the expectation express. After the rom-coms, after the music, and this is the hardest one to get off at. It's personal experience. Some of us have expectations on what romance is supposed to be because of the terrible experiences we've had of romance growing up. And we project into our future the pain of our past. So somebody broke your heart in second grade with a letter, even though they told you they were going to take you out, and instead they went out with Ashley, and now your whole life, because it wasn't just him. What happened was you went home, and mom and dad were fighting. They had relationship issues. And so that, what happened at home just reinforced what you experienced in school. And now your mom's bad talking your dad because he's the one that left. And so you grow up with this expectation. All men are liars. All men. Mama told me all men just want one thing. Where'd you get that from? Or guys, your dad bad talking your mom when she went out or all women are crazy. No. Just because that was your experience doesn't make it true. And so today and for the rest of the month, we are going after these myths. Some of them are going to hurt you. Because you believe them so dearly, but I need you to be willing to let the word of God transform your mind. The Bible says be renewed in your mind, and that's what God's going to do. Here's the first myth we are coming after today, and it is the myth of happily ever after. Can we talk about it? Got three issues with this myth. Issue number one, first off, the goal is not a happy marriage, it's a healthy marriage. And that's a big difference. Because some people will sacrifice the health of their marriage for the happiness of their marriage. There's a conversation, you know who you are right now, there's a conversation you need to, I don't know who I'm talking to, that you need to have with your spouse, but you know that if you have it, it will make her happy. And so at the altar of happiness, you sacrifice health. If you make happiness the focus of your marriage, you will never be healthy. But if you make health the focus of your marriage, you will always be happy got to make health the focus, not happiness. Number two, the altar is not the end of the story. It's the beginning. I hate how all of these fairy tales end with happily ever after. Like they went on this great adventure, but now that they got married, close the book. Can I tell you that some of the greatest adventures I have ever been on have been the adventures since I've been married? Some of the greatest adventures. Just I'm like single people. Life does not get boring after you get married. There's a lot of adventures left to, to, to be had. Also, all of the problems in the fairy tale, isn't it convenient how it ends with happily ever after? Can I tell you that some of the greatest adventures I've ever experienced have been since being married, and some of the greatest problems I've ever faced have been since being married? That's just how it is. It happens. There are some things that we, that we go through, but happily ever after, no, as soon as I, all of the problems are gone. Not true. And if you've been divorced, you know that, because you said happily ever after at the altar. And here we are. It turns out there are still some more pages left to be read and written. And number three, and this is my biggest beef with happily ever after, and say amen if you can relate to me, but uh, <clears throat> I was happy before you got here. <laughs> happily ever after. I'm sorry. I, I was happy before you got here. In fact, today, today I'm not going to teach you how to be happily ever after. Here's the title of my message. I want to teach you how to be happily ever before. Before the person comes into your life. You can be happy. In fact, Adam, when he was created in the garden, here's something you need to know. Adam was good before Eve ever got there. He was good. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. The Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. 
I will make a helper suitable for him. Keep this verse up on the screen. I know a lot of you are probably saying, Pastor JJ, I thought you said God, man was good before he got there. He was. You know how I know? Because he's not the one who said, I'm not good. He's not the one who went to God complaining, I need a partner. It was God who said, it is not good. Adam was good. You need to be good before the person ever gets into your life. I love this about Adam. He was good. You know why he was good? Because he didn't have society pushing relationships down his throat. He didn't get a Facebook ad on his, on his feed talking about Valentine's Day is coming up. Have you bought your present yet? No, thank you. I'm single. He didn't get the BuzzFeed, you know, quiz on his feed talking about how to find your right Disney princess. Oh, you're supposed to marry a Snow White. That's a lie. Don't make no sense. Don't take a BuzzFeed quiz, okay? They're not good. He, did, he was just good before anybody told him that he needed anybody. And I love what God gives him. Look, God doesn't, this you complete me mentality is popular in the world, but it's absent in the Bible. The Bible doesn't talk about people completing you. The Bible talks about people helping you. She was a help-er. Somebody say er. er. That's why he's him and she's God isn't going to bring you the one. He's going to bring you the er. Yeah. A woman won't make you strong, fellas. But if you are strong, when you find a woman, you'll be strong. <laughs> Ladies, a man won't make you wise. But if you are wise, when you find a man, the right man will make you wise. A relationship cannot make you a healthy person. But if you are a healthy person before you get into a relationship, then that relationship, if it's good, will make you healthy. The err. He's not going to bring the one. He's going to bring the err. <laughs> That's right. He's going to bring the err in your life. But here's the bad news. It works both ways. Because if you were heavy before you got married, I don't know what it is about this ring. I think it cuts off the circulation of the fat cells. And if you were heavy before you got married, guess what happens when you get married? You're going to get heavy. Hey, if you were broke before you started dating, guess what happens when you get in a relationship? You're going to be broke. If you were horny when you were single, guess what's going to happen in a relationship that's going to make you horny? So you better work on that now. I'm talking to all JYE that's like, when I get married, I'm going to have sex seven times a week. And I'm never going to struggle with lust again. That's all I have to say about that. A person doesn't complete you. They magnify you. Whatever you are, a person will make you more of that thing. So work on that. So there are four things that God gives you before he gives you that person. The happily ever before. Adam was happy. He was good. He was good. 
And he was good because before Eve, I'm going to read the passage. We're going to see all four things. Before Eve came, God gave him four things. So listen, this isn't just for single people. Single people, before you start dating, you need these four things. You've got to find these four things. You've got to find these four things. If you're dating, before you get engaged, you need these four things. If you're married, even if you're married, you need these four things. Or else you're going to put unrealistic expectations on a person to give you something that only God can give you. If you're thinking about getting a divorce, before you get a divorce, I know the papers are halfway filed, and I'm preaching to somebody, but before you get a divorce, can you just check and see if you have these four things first? Because this needs to happen before. Genesis 2.15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it. Somebody say, work it. Work it. That has nothing to do with my preaching. I just wanted to hear you say it. <laughs> and take care of it. Okay, repeat after me. Before I ever had a person, I had a purpose. Before I ever had a person, I had a purpose. God says to Adam, here's some work for you to do. There were animals to name and trees to trim and rivers to explore. I got good news for you. Your life isn't waiting to start until you find a person. Your life can start right now. And if you've recently been divorced or you've been through a bad breakup or somebody broke your heart, I've got better news for you. Not only is your life isn't waiting to start until you find a person, your life doesn't end when you lose a person. Your life doesn't end when you lose a person. Because a person is not your purpose. You can have a dream girl and you can have a dream guy, but you can't have a guy or girl be the dream. can't. You got to have a dream bigger than that. You got to have a purpose that's bigger than that. Here's the best way to explain you, to explain it to you. Make sure that a person is not your purpose. So I'm going to put up here at the top right here, purpose. And the reason why I'm putting purpose up here at the top, you can zoom in a little bit so they can read it. Come on, get close. I don't mind if you're all up in my grill, but purpose. And the reason why purpose is at the top of the board. Yeah, you can zoom in if the, so they can see it. On the, perfect. Okay, great. So purpose, the reason why purpose is on the top is because purpose comes from God. Okay, and, and this is you, and, and this, is, this is the other person, okay? I'll get that later. All right, and so let's talk about your purpose. Maybe your purpose is to be a CEO, or maybe it's to be an artist, or maybe your purpose is to be a stay-at-home mom or parent. Come on, we live in a, an evolved age. Can we eat more? Okay. So maybe that's your purpose. Your purpose comes from God. Now, most people, if you're like most people, they don't know what their purpose is. And so in life, what they do is they go forward and they go backwards. And they major in economics, and then they major in social studies. <laughs> and then they major in finance, and then they major in physical fitness. <laughs> but what they don't know is that even as they're moving, they're getting closer to their purpose. But the problem with not having a purpose is that as you continue on your journey, if you don't know what your purpose is, one day you meet somebody. And if you don't have a purpose, by the time your paths intersect, you will think that that person is your purpose. And now you abandon the path that you were on to discover your purpose, and you start following this person wherever they go. The only thing is, they don't know where they're going either. So let me help you. If you're wanting to know, am I ready to date? Am I ready to get married? 
Here's how you know. If you're willing to find your purpose before you find your person. Because if you don't have a purpose, this person will become your purpose. And when a person becomes your purpose, it doesn't lead to purpose. It leads to resentment. It leads to resentment. I need to talk to somebody who is about to get a divorce. Hear me. You are leaving because you think you married the wrong person. You did not marry the wrong person. You're in the wrong purpose. And you can switch the person. But if you don't shift the purpose, the same problems you have with Sarah, you're going to have with Rebecca. You need to be sure you have your purpose. The person is not the problem. I hope you heard me online. You don't have the wrong person. You got the wrong purpose. And you're upset at them because you think they took you away from their purpose. But you didn't, they didn't take you away from their purpose. You forfeited your purpose to follow them. You adopted their purpose. Don't be angry. Be accountable. That's for those who don't know their purpose. There are other people who you know your purpose. You're like, I know God wants me to be a CEO. I know God wants me to be an artist. I know God wants me to be a stay-at-home mom and dad. I'm going to add one here, and I'll explain it later. Serve God. I'm going to add that to this. I know it. I know it. And I'm headed this way, and I know I had some, some, uh, some, some breakups, and I know I had some, some, some obstacles in my way, but you know what? I am, uh, I am going that way. I am going that way. Okay? Here's your problem. Don't let a person hijack your purpose. Before they got there, you had ambitions. Before they entered in your life, you had dreams. There were things you wanted to do and accomplish in your life. But when they came in, you said, you know what? I love you so much. You're so charming. You're so beautiful. I want to follow you wherever you go. But guess where that road leads again? I always wanted to do this, but you held me back. I always want to be, this is not how it's supposed to work, guys. Because here's the thing about purpose. It's not just your purpose. It's their purpose too. So instead of talking to somebody who's headed that way, this is how Liz and I did it. And we're not perfect by any means, but this is how we did it. Uh, and there was a lot of mistakes that we made. Um, but there was one thing that we did right. And one day we were on the phone. I don't know if you remember. We had just kind of started talking. It was starting to get serious. It was after those dates. I probably should have had this conversation before I spent that money. But it was after those dates, after I spent that money, I was like, I need you to know that God has called me to the ministry. I don't know what that means, but I, I want to do ministry with my life. Do you want to do ministry with your life? And I told her, I said, because this is what that means for sure. It probably means that we're not going to make a lot of money. Because I don't think you make a lot of money in ministry because I'm not making a lot of money right now and I don't see a pay grade upgrade in my future. <laughs> so are you okay with us being broke? You know what Pastor Liz said? She said, and I quote, I don't receive that. <laughs> she straight up said, I don't receive that. She said, just because you're in ministry doesn't mean you have to be broke. And I'm like, I think you're missing the point here. The point is, are, are, are you willing to be broke if that's what God calls us to? She's like, yes, I'm willing to be broke if God calls us to. Good, because that's what you need to find out. Are we headed the same way? If we are not headed the same way, then there's no reason 
to have this conversation. But if we're headed the same way, then we can talk about it. And I know some of you are thinking, well, what if I don't know if I'm supposed to be a CEO? What if I don't know if I'm supposed to be an artist? What if I don't know if I'm supposed to be a stay-at-home mom or dad? I get that. But you got to at least know this. You got to at least know that the purpose of your life is to serve God so that when you meet someone else, you can say, listen, I don't know what I'm going to be when I grow up, but I know this much. God created me to serve him. Are you down to serve God? Because if you're down to serve God and I'm down to serve God, then it looks like we're headed in the same direction. But if we're not headed in the same direction, let's talk about that now and save ourselves years of therapy. It's purpose. It's purpose. It's purpose. It's purpose. Second thing. Oh, by the way, this doesn't just apply to relationships romantic. Mom and dad, this also applies to your kids. When you were called to be a mom, that doesn't mean that God stopped calling you to be a missionary. Your child is a part of your purpose. They are not the fulfillment of your purpose. So stop using the boy and the girl as an excuse to not do God's will over your life. There's destiny over you. God still has ministries for you. God still has businesses for you. God still wants to do something in your life. Well, I'm going to just stop everything. I had a kid. I'm going to stop everything. That wasn't the call. There's more for you. I didn't say that in the first service. That means there was still somebody in this one. Genesis 2.16. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. The Lord God commanded the man. Someone say this. Before I ever had a companion, I had a command. And you know what Adam didn't say back to God? Adam didn't say back to God. God, if you really loved me, you would let me do what I want. He didn't say to God, God, if you really loved me, you would just love me for who I am. He didn't say that because that's not love. But that's what we teach today. Those are the myths that when someone falls in love with me, they need to love me for who I am. If you love me, don't ask me to change. You need to love me for the way that God made me. And if, if by the way God made me, you mean you need to love me with my big toe smaller than my next toe. If, if by the way God made me, you mean you need to love me with my nappy hair. If that's what you mean, then amen. They need to love you just the way God made you. But if you mean you need to love me with my stank attitude, if that's what you mean, then I got two things for you. First off, God didn't give you that stank attitude. Your mama did. Let's just be honest about that. That, that much didn't come from God. That, that came from your mama. So let's not put that one. He's like... That wasn't me. <laughs> and number two, love is not an excuse to not change. But again, this is the myth. This is the myth. If you're going to love me, you've got to love all of me. Because all of me loves all your curves and all your perfect. So give your all to me, I'll give my all to you. You're my end and my beginning, even when I lose, I'm winning. And I'll give it all. (laughs) Hey, again, again, hey, it sounds good. All of me, all my curves and all my edges. 
all my perfect imperfections. Oh, that's all, that's, I said what you did there, John Legend. <laughs> but if you change the words out to reflect reality, it's not as romantic anymore. Let me try. So all me loves all of you, all your abuse and your addiction, all y'all sleeping with other women. Because even when I lose, I'm winning. Now, girl, you losing. You losing. It's not as romantic anymore when we talk about it, right? No, love is not an excuse to not change. Love changes you. When you really find somebody, you don't find that person and then you go, oh, you know, I love me for all of my vices, my gambling addiction, my wandering eyes, all of my sin and problem. No, you go, listen, I love you so much that I got things in me that I'm going to work out. So I got to get this ready. I got to change because you are worth changing for. I'm talking to somebody who's in a marriage right now where they don't just love me the way that I am. They're not supposed to. You're supposed to love them so much that you change. Well, where's that in the Bible? Jesus, who was eternal in heaven and stepped out of eternity and changed himself to show you how much he loved you. A command is meant to shape you. The command in the Bible about not having sex before marriage, the reason why God gave it to you is so that you can learn to not have sex outside of marriage once you get married. So, it's to shape you. It's, for, it's the love to change you. I got a little too personal now. I'm going to go to the next point. <laughs> Genesis 2.19. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them and whether the man called and whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. And so things are in the naming business now. And so the man gave names to all the livestock and the birds in the sky and the wild animals. But for Adam, but for Adam, this is the first person who gets a name in the Bible. Adam. It's the first time we see it. It means man. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. Say this, before I had intimacy, I had an identity. Before Eve came into the picture, Adam was already Adam. He didn't need another person to get a name. He had a name before the other person came in. So let me talk to my, my men real quick. He was Adam before Eve. Fellas. You don't need a man. You don't need a woman. <laughs> That's next week's sermon. You don't need a woman, hey, to be a man. You don't need a woman to be a man. I know, I know, I know you see it in all of the fairy tales. The prince goes and saves his princess. James Bond always gets the girls at the end of the movie. But you don't need a woman to be a man. A woman can make you feel manlier, but they don't make you a man. Listen, when my wife tells me I look good and she pats me on the butt, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> but she didn't make me. She's just appreciating what God made. <laughs> <She's> just... <laughs> I love you, baby, but she don't make me. God made me, and I was a man. Let me make it more real. So you don't have to sleep around with five or six women to feel like a man. You don't got to conquer women like if they were some type of territory or land to feel like a man because you were a man before the woman got here. Can I talk to the ladies? 
because this one's going to hurt. Your creation story was a little different than Adam's. Genesis 2, 21. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep, and while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Verse 22. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. Let's keep this up. We got to keep this up. We got to keep this up. I never noticed it before. The Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. When Adam woke up from the sleep that he was in, the first person he saw was Eve. He was asleep, came out, he opened up, and he goes, Me likey. Good job, God. Me likey. Eve was the first one he saw when he woke up. But what did Eve see when she woke up? Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her so she was already awake when she got there. So the first person Adam saw when he woke up was Eve, but the first person Eve saw when she woke up was God. That means the first person to see Eve was not Adam. It was God. Women, I'm, I'm coming for you right here. You got to receive this. Don't get offended. You need this. You were seen before a man saw you. So you don't need attention from a man to be a woman. You don't need attention from a man to be a woman. I know Cinderella needed the glass slippers and the blue dress and the did-up hair and the pumpkin carriage, but you don't need any of that to get the attention of your Prince Charming because before you stepped a foot on this earth, he already had you in lock scope in his eyes. And another thing, because you are seen and you don't need their attention, you don't have to sacrifice your body for it. You don't have to sacrifice your, your, your integrity for it. You don't have to sacrifice your reputation for it because there was a Another person who sacrificed his body for it, Ooh, who sacrificed his reputation for it, who sacrificed his shame for it, who laid his body out. He got naked so you don't have to on a cross to show you just how much you were worth before he ever got in the picture. He said, I'll get naked so you don't have to. By the way, this isn't an anti-woman beauty message. If you do makeup and you do go, girl, do it. Get your nails done. Get your hair did. Do it to feel good about yourself, but just don't do it to be seen. Because you're already seen more than you could ever hope or imagine. Ladies, you are already seen. That's a herb. But the one... He already sees you. He already sees you. So we talked about purpose. Got to have command. Are you following them now? Because if you're not following them now, it's going to get worse when you get in a relationship. Maybe that's why things are messed up in the marriage because somebody hasn't been following the commands. How about identity? Are you trying to conquer people? Conquer relationships? Conquer men? Conquer women? To get this? You don't have to. Are you, are you looking for other guys? You don't have to. Here's the, here's the last thing. Genesis 2.21. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, someone say sleeping. 
he took one of the man's ribs out and closed it up and placed it with flesh. And we know that the women came after. Here's the last thing God wants to give you before the person gets here. Someone say, before I ever had a relationship, I had rest. We try so hard to fix the marriage. We try so hard to find the one. We try so hard to save enough money to buy the ring. And I get it. Relationships take work. We're going to talk about that tomorrow. But is it just me or did anyone else notice that Adam found the one when he stopped working and and naming the animals and he started resting? And the Bible says that while he was sleeping, the women came. Rest. And you can only receive it if you stop being restless. Let me talk to single people, dating people. Some of y'all cannot be single for six months there's like a clock in you like the moment you've been out of a relationship for a minute you're like gotta get another relationship then that one doesn't work gotta get another relationship you know why you can't stay single because you're empty inside but I got news for you if you can't stay single you won't stay married I'm gonna leave it on there I'm gonna say it again for the people in the back if you can't stay single you won't stay married if you need another person to make you feel better about yourself that person will not make you feel better about yourself for a little bit but not for long we talk to married people married people i know you're putting in the effort you're going to counseling you're reading the books you're going to get the bundle of love you're going to come to every sermon of this series amen let me give you some advice after you work let god work because you won't be able to change your husband or your wife but god can so you let them do you won't be able to change the person you're dating right now but god can this is what god told me and i'll end with this god told me the way to beat a bad relationship <laughs> is to have a pillow fight i don't mean hit that person in the head be like stop messing around <laughs> get right god told me he said he said a, a pillow fight in the kingdom of heaven don't look like this said a pillow fight in the kingdom of heaven looks like this yes I'm putting my Bible there because it's symbolic this is a pillow fight in the kingdom of heaven remember that song this is how I fight my battles remember that I I, I sing it and I jump all around this is how I fight my battles here's how we can sing it today this is how I fight my battles single been single for a long time starting to get lonely and depressed but I had rest before I had a relationship so this is how I find my battles we've been to counseling it's not working things are getting worse I don't know if this is going to end right but this is how I find my battles just found out he's been addicted to porn for all these years just found out today don't know what to do we're here at the church. He doesn't want to be here. He hasn't even looked up one time at the preacher, but this is how I fight my battle. When we rest, God does the rest. And I wanted to use this illustration because I wanted the sermon to keep working when you got home. Because tonight, everyone will put their head on a pillow. And it will feel like your love life is in disarray. But when you put your head on your pillow, just sing it. This is how I fight my battles. It's out of my control, but 
God's got it and this is how I fight. I'm going to rest and let him take care of my relationships. If you're in this room today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, every head by every eye closed. You're here and you're far from God and you're restless because you don't have a relationship with Jesus. When I count to three, I'm going to give you an opportunity to rectify that right now. You're going to raise your right hand. When I say three, nobody's looking, but you're going to give it, give it all to Jesus today. You're going to let him be the rock. Let him be the pillow you rest on. All over this room, if that's you and you know it, it's not that you've been missing a person. You've been missing purpose. You've been missing a command, identity. You've been missing rest. God says, I give you rest to those who want it freely. So all over this building, if that's you and you need Jesus in your heart, when I say three, raise your right hand. One, all over this building. Two, right now. One, two, three. Shoot your right hand up if you need Jesus in your heart. Got more hands than I can count. Not even going to count it more hands than I can count. Amen. 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 Come on, I see tears rolling down people's faces. Amen. 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 I see husbands and wives coming back to Jesus. Whole families coming back to Jesus afternoon. Amen. Go ahead, put your hands down. We're not going to leave you hanging. Worship team, I want you to pray this prayer with me, and then we'll go right into that song. And, and Journey Church, I want you to pray this prayer with me, even if you didn't raise your hand. Just pray this prayer. Father God, Father God you complete me. You complete me. I know that now. Jesus, forgive me because my sin was trying to fill this hole with other people. But purpose doesn't come from people. You are my purpose. And I declare that. Come on, say, I declare that today. I give my life to you and you alone. In Jesus' name we pray. We hope you've enjoyed this message, and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.